Publisher Podcast, Episode 30. Welcome to the Publish Her Podcast, a place where you can come to get inspiration, motivation, help, encouragement, and support in your journey to write, publish, and sell your book. Hosted by Alexa Bigwarf. Cause I've been where you've been, and I felt what you're feeling, and I don't want to get in your well, welcome back to the Publisher Podcast. I am going to talk about a topic today that may not be your favorite topic, but whether you are writing in the publishing stage or marketing, it's super, super important to talk about goals. Goals are something I've been talking about with my community since the beginning of this year, and it's not because it's a buzz term or because, you know, everybody else is saying you need to have goals for this or that, but it's because over the last couple years, I have really noticed how having clear goals and objectives that you're trying to achieve when it comes to your book writing, when it comes to the production and timelines and all of that stuff, and your marketing makes such a big difference in how you get there. Because it's not that you just have a goal, okay? Just saying, I have a goal of being a New York Times bestseller, that does nothing for you if you don't have action steps behind it. What does it take to be a New York Times bestseller? Well, first, it takes an incredible book. It takes a book that people want to read, want to talk about, want to share about. So if your goal is to be a New York Times bestseller, then you have to break those down into those objectives for you that will get you there. So the first is, do you need to um, work on your craft? Do you need to join a writing community? Do you need to get feedback and have people read your work as you're writing it and provide feedback to you? Do you need to hire an, a, a, a writing partner um, or a collaborative editor who is going to help you, um, more than a developmental editor, but someone who's going to help you through the writing process as you do it, or a writing coach? Yeah. I'm going to tell you um, a little story here and that is um, if you've been around with me or in my webinars or through the Women in Publishing Summit I've been talking a lot about writing my first fiction book it's kind of a lie to say that I'm writing my first fiction book because I have actually been working on multiple fiction books for the last decade so this one though for personal reasons, um, it was meant to be a book that helped me heal through a situation um, that I have kept in my heart for a long, long time. And I finally decided, you know what, I think part of the reason that I am not moving forward on my other fiction books is because I have this story, these people, this outcome that I need to deal with. And um, if you're not a fiction writer, if you're a nonfiction writer or a children's book writer, maybe or maybe you have or haven't experienced this situation where you just you cannot move forward until you address something. And it doesn't have to be in your writing. It could be in anything else. You just cannot take the steps to move forward until you have put closure on a certain situation in your life, right? Well, that's how it is for me with my characters, Callie and Julian, and my and my sweet little romance book that I'm writing that's based on a real event in my life, but then I took it and went full-on fiction and um, basically created a story that didn't happen, but I wish it happened. <laughs> and, and that's kind of the healing part for me, right? But I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm running two publishing houses. 
I'm running a a self-publishing assist company. I'm running the Women in Publishing Summit. I have three kids. Um, I am a single mom. I am busy. So when on earth was I going to sit down and write this book? So what I knew I needed more than anything was accountability. And one of the things that can get you accountability faster than anything else is paying for somebody to hold you accountable. That's why gyms, in theory, are so much more effective than you just trying to um, follow an exercise routine by yourself. One, because you have the experts there that you can call on for help if you don't know how to use a machine or all those things. But also, if you're putting some money behind it, you're probably actually going to show up to the gym. So I thought that that would be the same thing for me. But also, because I have never written a romance before, I knew that I needed somebody who knows how to write romance books and who knows how to do all the things and has been very successful selling her books. So I hired my writing coach. And it's been a very long process, but I'm going to tell you the first draft of my book is finally written and we're going through and now doing revisions. And it's it's been wonderful to me because just having that knowledge that every Friday my coach was waiting for me. Actually, on on by Thursday, my coach was waiting for me to submit writing. And on Friday, we would go through it and talk about it. It has been such a major, major um, needle mover for me. And it's forced me to take the time to write the things that I need to write, but also getting together with her and getting her feedback little by little as we go through the book. Now we knew I'm I'm not a plotter, right? So I I am an outliner when it comes to nonfiction books. And for children's books, I think it's very important for you to know your theme, know what people are going to get from the book, and to be very clear on how you're going to get there from the very beginning, or you can spend a lot of time in la-la land trying to figure it out. Um, but when it comes to fiction, I am very much a pantser. By the seat of my pants, I sit down and I just let the story take me where it's going to take me. I had a general idea of what I wanted the climax to be. I had a general idea of what I wanted the end to be. But beyond that, I just sat down and wrote each week. And where it went, it went. And sometimes I just put a space holder. I'm just like, okay, I want to talk about an event that happened here at the Arc de Triomphe, but I don't want to do all the research behind it. So just, you know, Put that placeholder in it and it can come back to it. And I'm just forced myself to move through because I have a goal. And that goal is to finish this book and to publish it by this fall. I'm tired of messing around. I'm tired of not having a fiction book out there. I'm tired of these characters living in my head and tormenting me every dang day until I get their story out into the world. So... That's my goal. And what did I do to to achieve that goal? I said, okay, I'm going to hire somebody to help me get there. I'm going to hire somebody who's going to hold me accountable each week. I owe her a chapter. So we did it. We made it through the first draft, which was awful. And I'm going to tell you what, with with her help, with her guidance, with her encouragement, with her experience, with her suggestions on other books that I could read to help me in the process to get get a feel for how you write this type of dialogue, for how you set up this type of scene, for this and that, it has really helped me mold this story. 
Now we're going back through, and our goal is to revisit from the beginning, go back through, fill in all the gaps, make it as strong as possible, and at that point in time, I'll be ready to start the real revisions where I go through from an editing and um, self-editing standpoint. But you know, if I didn't have that goal that said, this is the time frame that I want to publish this book, I would love to have it published by the end of September 2021. So if I'm going to have it published by 2021, then I need to have the book written and completed by the end of June so that in July, so that, you know, June, July, it can be, uh, July, it can be in editing. July, we'll be starting the marketing, August marketing and revisions from the editor, all the finalizing, and then a month um, for production while we're still marketing, marketing, marketing. That still doesn't give me the timeline that I would like to get my ha- my book out into the hands of advanced readers. So because of that, because I know, because I know as a marketing expert that I want the book into the hands of readers three months before the launch, if possible, this isn't going to be possible on my timeline unless the editing goes really, really fast, which it may because I've been working with such a great writer throughout this process and I'm gonna have great beta readers, it may wind up being a fairly quick editing process. Um, Luckily, I have people on my team that I can immediately reach out to for, um, uh, the the cover's already done. I got the cover done well in advance, Um, but for the interior design, all of those things, we'll be ready to hit the ground running as soon as we have that edited version for the advanced review copy. But because I know I'm probably not gonna have three solid months, I'm already setting up my landing page, getting people to come over and put their name on my email list if they're interested in the advanced review copy, working on my synopsis so that I can tell people succinctly what the book is about and they'll know whether or not it's interesting or not. Um, When I feel confident that I'm actually going to be able to finish the book by the end of June, I'll go ahead and put it up on pre-order. I'll do all of these types of things in advance. so that I can make sure that I'm ready. But I know these things. I know that I need to be doing these things, one, from a lot of practice and a lot of book launches, but two, from studying what needs to happen, from creating goals and then from creating tasks that get us to that place. So why do I know that I need books in the hands of advanced readers for three months out? Because we've studied launch and launch and launch after launch and seen how long it takes to find people to read the book, get people to actually download and read it, and leave their reviews in enough time to create some buzz before your launch. And we have found that three to six months is the golden window for getting people copies of the book and getting it in the hands of as many people as possible to create that anticipation, that excitement, and that buzz before a book launch. Okay, so that's goals. If, you, if you're not thinking about where you're trying to go with your book, how you're trying to get there, and what you need to get done with it, then it's really difficult to create any kind of action plan. So this is why I'm talking about goals so much, because we talk about having a marketing strategy. But if you don't know what you are trying to achieve, how can you create a marketing strategy? How can you create any type of strategy? It's so important that you consider this, okay? So what are you trying to achieve? What are you trying to achieve? For some of you, it may just be that you've always wanted to write this book and you just wanna publish it and you don't necessarily care if a ton of people buy your book. 
So your goals are going to look very different than the person who says they want to sell 3,000 copies the first week of launch. This brings me to another point. Making realistic goals. Because you know what is more deflating, demotivating than anything else out there? Setting a goal and not being able to come anywhere near it. And you have to do the research on what makes a goal a realistic goal. So I'm going to tell you these numbers, and I am not telling you these numbers to discourage you. Actually, this is meant to give you the tools so that you can set realistic expectations so that you can move forward in a way that doesn't completely crush you during your launch. Okay, most people that we see launch books are selling between 50 to 300 copies on their launch day and launch week. That may feel really, really, really low to you if you've thought to yourself, my book is awesome. I think I can sell 5,000 copies in one week. I am telling you selling 5,000 copies in one week is very difficult for a first-time author unless you're famous or already just happen to have a huge social media and network and email list that are that are growing around you that are you know the right audience and I'm going to give you so so first of all to make you feel better most indie authors will only sell between two and 500 copies of their book in the lifetime of their book. So the fact that we're seeing people sell 200 to 500 copies in their first launch month, in the week and and month of launch, means that what we're talking about and what we're doing is actually working, which is great. But you might say, oh my gosh, 500 books is so far away from 5,000 books, and you're absolutely right. So the next number that I wanna tell you about is What I see, what I've looked at from the authors that I've interviewed that have had the most success. And I'm going to tell you the number, the magic numbers, the the magic number is three. Three books, three years. That seems to be the magic number where things start happening, where you've got it down, you've got your audience, you've got maybe read through on your backlist if your books are all on the same genre. Okay, now if you've written a memoir, a fiction thriller, Um, and a children's book, that number three is not going to make any difference because those are three completely different audiences and they're probably not all going to be interested in that unless by, unless your memoir is about, you know, being stalked by a, by a, by by a, by a horrible person and your thriller is also about being stalked. And I don't know, your children's book is about how to avoid stalkers. (laughs) I don't know. That's a really terrible example, isn't it? (laughs) But at any rate, If you're writing Sweet Romance, for example, three good books or three years or maybe both. So yes, it takes time. It takes time. But in order for you to sell lots and lots and lots and lots of books, you have to have lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of people because people only buy a book once. You might be lucky to have people that buy two, two formats of your book. So maybe they want it on Kindle and in print. I do that sometimes. I buy it on Kindle to support my author friends when they sell their books on um, 99 cent sales or 2.99 sales, and then I buy the print book because I just generally prefer reading a print book. But most people are only going to buy your book once, and then you have to find new people if you want to keep selling that book. So, 
keep writing good books, keep marketing, and just know that eventually those activities that you take are going to build the community that you need to continue selling the book. But you have to stick at it, you have to keep to it, and you have to be willing to put yourself in front of new audiences or spend a lot of marketing dollars. There are people who never get out there personally but just put a ton of money into ads. And if that if you can if you know you're successful with that, then by all means do it. You know, some of the authors that I've I've heard through the romance world that are spending um, that are making $100,000 a year in royalties, but they're spending $40,000 in Amazon ads to get there. So, you know, they're still making a decent income at the end of that, at the end of, end of the day. But that sounds scary to imagine putting $40,000 into ads, right? But if they're working, you do it and you keep doing it and you keep doing it and you keep doing it. Okay, so let's back up a little bit. I wanted to talk to you a little bit more about numbers. So we said, you know, on average, we're seeing 200 to three or 400 book sales for a first-time author with a very small audience on, on launch day, and that includes pre-orders, okay? So I think it's very reasonable for you if this is your first book or if it's your second or third book, but you haven't been seeing a lot of sales, for you to set a goal of 200 books, that's in print and ebook combined, for your launch month, that is super reasonable, and that's and, and and you know you can you can do things that will help you get there. So if you've said okay 200, so now what are some of the things that I need to do to get there? Well, you need to build your email list. You need to run some um, probably some type of marketing or advertising. You need to build your social media. You need to get in front of other people's platforms. You need to get your advanced review copy in the hands of as many people as possible so that you have people talking about your book. Because when other people are out there leaving reviews and talking about your book, you get in front of everyone that they're talking to that you may never have had access to. So, you know, don't think, oh, this person only has 500 followers on Instagram. I have a friend who has 500 followers on Instagram, but whenever she posts something, 300 of those people like it. That is massive engagement. And I'm telling you what, if she were to post a book that she loved, I guarantee you though the majority of her people would, would do something about it. So it's more about engagement, not about audience size. It's more about that trust, like, and no factor. Okay, somebody with 15,000 followers could share a picture of your book, but if they don't have the right audience and if they don't have engaged audience people or if their audience isn't readers, then it does you no good. Okay, so just to, to, to bring in the point on this, the other thing is that having the right audience really, really matters. So one of your goals should be figuring out exactly who the right audience is and how to get in front of them. So spend some time thinking about your ideal reader and spend some time thinking about where that ideal reader is. If you missed the episode, we have a we have an episode all about getting in front of your target audience. So make sure you go back through and check that out. We also have a workshop. You can find our on-demand workshops at womeninpublishingsummit.com forward slash events, and you'll find a list of the prior workshops there. It's really important to think about who you're trying to get in front of so that you know where to show up and you know how to talk to this person so that when you are posting on social media, it resonates with them. 
So an example here, you know, we talked about, I talk a lot about the fact that an email list matters, audience list matters, audience size matters. Um, but even so, 5,000 books is really hard to come by. We have an author that we worked with who had an email list of 15,000 people and she had a Facebook group of 52,000 people. Now here's the deal. A lot of people were in that Facebook group because she runs gratitude and um, and mindfulness challenges. And while the topic of her book was somewhat related, the topic was more specific to a more niche audience than just anybody who would be in her group for um, for mindfulness and th- and gratitude practices. Right. So. You know, you would think, okay, you've got an active group of 52,000 people and 15,000 people on your email list. Take a wild guess at how many books she sold during launch week and launch month. Under 2,000, okay? So here's what I'm trying to tell you. Not to deflate you, not to make you sad, not to make you think you're never going to make it because guess what? She continues to grow her audience and she continues to sell books month after month after month after month. So it's not just about, you need to have a goal for your launch day and launch month so that you're working towards that number and doing the things every day to get you towards that number. And from this, you can assume that out of your audience, about 5%, maybe 10% if you're lucky, but about 5% of your audience is actually going to buy your book. Um, So that helps you figure out the numbers. So if I know 5% of my number, 5% of my people are going to buy my book and I want to sell 200 books, then what is, you know, what's the number of people that you have to have? And I'm not going to do math in front of you because that would be embarrassing. But, you know, if if you if you want to sell 200, then how many thousands of people do you have to have so that 200 is your 5%? So, and some of it will come through other marketing activities. Some of it will come through putting your book out on promo sites, um, running ads and things like that. So not all of it is going to come from going on other people's podcasts. Not all of it is going to have to come from your audience. But, um, you know, you can work with the numbers and see what what you need to do, how much action you need to take, how many audiences you need to get in front of, all of those types of things. So... These are the questions I want you to ask yourself when you're thinking about goals. What are your goals? As in, do you have a goal for sales? Do you have a goal for audience growth? Do you have a sale for email list growth? Do you have do you have a goal for um, number of reviews on Amazon? Do you have a goal for number of, of um, ARC team members, advanced review copy or launch team members? Think about all of those different things and, and come up with a number that you feel comfortable achieving. Are those numbers realistic? If you only have two people following you on Instagram and you want to launch your book next month, saying you want 10,000 followers on Instagram by book launch is not realistic. Not even kind of realistic. Not even a teeny tiny bit realistic. (laughs) Unless you're famous, right? So set realistic goals based on numbers. So are you studying the numbers? Are you looking at the stats? Are you seeing what gets people fired up? What what messages you send out that get people to sign up on your email? All of those things. Do you know what it takes to get to those goals? That's the other thing. You might say, I want a thousand followers on Instagram. I want a thousand email subscribers. But do you know what it takes to get to those goals? 
So if you don't, you need to be taking some time to figure out how do I grow my Instagram account? How do I grow my email list? What are the small things that I can take? Who can I hire? What can I promote? What can I be doing to make those things happen? And are you willing to take small incremental steps to get there? Very few things happen just boom out the gate. It's little by little, it's tweaking, it's making adjustments, it's seeing what's working and doing more of that. It's taking out the things that aren't working and it's staying very focused on one outcome. I am the worst at this. I have so many, my hand in so many different pots that it is difficult for me sometimes to stay super focused on a target. And I often wonder if I were to just focus on this one thing, how much farther along would I be than trying to do 15 things at the same time? I can tell you it would be a world a world of difference. Have you given yourself time, space, and a budget? Do you have enough time to make these things come to light? If you're excited because you're done writing your book and you have done no marketing and you want to publish your book as fast as you can, I encourage you to stop, hold on, create a plan, And give yourself at least six months of solid marketing before you launch that book into the world. Your results six months from now will be drastically different than your results if you try to force it out the door. We could have a whole conversation on, well, I could just market it after I launch. You could, but you miss an incredible opportunity. And we'll talk about that in another podcast episode. So give yourself the time, give yourself the space, and make sure you have a budget to, to, to do the things that you can't do yourself and that you know you're going to need to have help with. And advertising is something you should have help with. Obviously, you have to pay to advertise regardless. So what do you have in that budget? Um, I asked this a minute ago, but again, are you looking at the numbers? Are you looking at the data? Are you saying, okay, nobody is coming to my website ever. Nobody is reading my blogs. So why am I spending three hours a month writing blog posts? Maybe I could spend that three hours a month doing something that is generating more um, more, more results. Maybe I could spend three hours searching for and pitching podcasts and being interviewed on podcasts. And I guarantee you that'll have a bigger result. And there's ways to track that as well. Know your numbers. Know, um, know that it's on your first book out, you're probably not going to you know, be a rock star in terms of like number one book everywhere in the world, all over the place, all of those types of things. If you go in with realistic expectations of what you can achieve, then you will feel like a rock star when you get there and when you exceed it. Um, But no, you know, it's going to take a couple of good books. It's going to take a couple of years and it's going to take consistent effort to keep chipping away at these goals. Or you need to have a really large platform or, or, or access to a really large platform of the just right readers. Okay, so I hope this helped you realize, I hope this didn't like just totally make you feel overwhelmed because really at the end of the day, it's just thinking about what you're trying to achieve and then breaking that down into small bite-sized chunks. My former commander in the military used to always ask me whenever I was getting overwhelmed, Alexa, how do you eat an elephant? And the first time I had no idea what in the heck she was talking about. And then she told me, one bite at a time. Calm down. Don't look at New York Times bestseller because you know what it takes to get there? Anywhere between 5,000 to 10,000 sales in one week across three platforms. So it can't just be Amazon. It's got to be Amazon, 
um, Apple Books and Nook or um, Barnes and Noble. It has to be, you know, that's a lot. That's a lot. So maybe New York Times bestseller should be on your long-term goals, but for your initial launch, maybe let's just try to get number one in your category, in a category on Amazon um, and, and figure out how to do that. So figure out what you want to do, make a plan. If you don't know how to make a plan because you're not sure what steps to take, then I encourage you to sign up for our Creating Your Marketing Strategy Workshop which um, it will be live in, in June of 2021, but we'll have it on demand if you if you listen to this podcast after that, womeninpublishingsummit.com forward slash events to sign up for all of our webinars and workshops. And let us help you figure out what those steps should be and how to get there because that is how you make forward progress. That is how you eat the elephant one bite at a time. You have to know how to trap the elephant. You have to know how to carve up the elephant and to cook the elephant before you can eat it. And that's really gross because who actually wants to eat an elephant? And elephants are the cutest animals in the world. So maybe, um, sorry if that was a bad analogy. (laughs) But anyway, hopefully you get the point. Okay, so we're going to set some goals. We're going to set some realistic goals. We're going to figure out what steps we need to take to get there. And we're going to start implementing in incremental steps every day, little things that we can do to move the needle forward. And how will we know that the needle is moving forward? Because we're going to look at the results, we're going to gauge the results, and we're going to keep doing what's working and get rid of what's not working. Are you ready? Let's do this. If you're enjoying this podcast, I would love it if you would share it with your other writer friends or publisher friends, editors, anybody who may find this information useful. And please review the podcast. Please follow us and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure you're following us, Women in Publishing Summit, on Instagram. I will be starting to do a Marketing Monday quick live, and we'll put those up in our reels as well. I'm going to be looking at some of the cool things that are happening in book marketing right now and kind of giving a little synopsis each Monday to um, to give people some new and fun ideas on what they're doing. So at Women in Publishing Summit on Instagram, have a good one. Thank you for joining us on the Publisher Podcast. We hope to see you back for the next episode. Great huge thanks goes to Jasmine Commerce for the use of her song. You can find Jasmine on SoundCloud. Go check out all of her music. We'll see you next time.